Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I'm telling you, I, I believe with all my heart, God wants to bring the church into that emphasis. We fall in love with Him. Our language will change. The way we speak, the way we talk. Um, Kristen and I you know, went to Tasmania ministering there in, in a, what we call an equip. So it's Friday night meeting. Uh, Saturday all day, half a day, sorry, till one, free sessions. And then we ministered on Sunday. And it was a powerful time. Um, we call it equip because we, that's what we believe we're doing. We're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, as Ephesians says. And on Sunday morning, um, they, was it morning? Is it Sunday morning? Yeah. Well, Sunday morning. Uh, they, they, you know, introduced me. I went up and I started to sort of introduce myself and started talking. And everyone's head was going that way because there's a lady who's a believer. A believer, a Christian, brings her two friends who didn't know Jesus to church and she starts manifesting a demon and and she's really (laughs) not manifesting what you do when a demon comes out you know and and but everyone's head's going that way and I've got no one's attention it's like I might as well stop because no one's listening to me anymore because this is happening and so instantly the believers because we believe that we believe in the believers uh, the priesthood of all believers instantly two or three believers um, just led her lovingly outside of the meeting and started casting out a devil out of her and um, and what we were told later that the night before she looked in the mirror and and she's from one I think one of the nations in Africa but when she looked in the mirror she said her face in the mirror distorted into a face of a witch and it freaked her out and then the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said when you hear the worship song about the name of Jesus a particular worship song Holy Spirit said to her when you hear it you're gonna get set free and be delivered so I preached for 30 40 minutes and they were pray, praying for her, trying to cast out the devil, and nothing was really happening. At the end of the meeting, this, the, one of the guys who didn't have it on his song list just started to, he didn't know that was what was supposed to happen, but the Holy Spirit gave him that song. He sings the very song the Holy Spirit spoke to her. When you hear this song, you're going to be set free. The moment he sang it and the band sang it, she screamed at the back there and got set free instantly, completely. And then two or three days later, we get an SMS from the pastor, and it says the the, believe, the friends that she brought, one of them gave their life to Jesus after that incident. I mean, imagine being the believer. You, what I want us to know, you, you would never, why would, you, why would anyone ever put something like that on? You can't put something like that on. Why would you put something like that on? You know, you're bringing your friends to church and then the spirit is, the demon was manifesting and it, and it came out and it got set free. We're going to see more of that in church. We're going to see where the presence of God and the, the presence of light, the kingdom of light clashes with darkness and darkness can't stay. Darkness has to flee. So this morning, I want to share on, on a message that I've never, ever preached this type of message before in my whole life. I've never hit this emphasis, this angle, this, this perspective of Jesus' life and ministry, and yet it, it affects us dearly. But every time I preach about the gospel and evangelism, it's always, you know, obviously, um, you know, we, we're looking for the results and the good results and the fruits and people that are open. But when I read my Bible, and when you read your Bible, read the New, you look at the New Testament, you read the life of Jesus, read the book of Acts. When the message was declared correctly, People either got mad or glad. Okay? Do you understand that? The book of Acts, some got so angry, they were from in jail and they wanted to whip them, they whipped the apostles. And, and in Jesus too, the, the people either got really mad to this message or glad. If you, if you get glad, it's because you're receiving it. If you don't receive the message, you get mad. You get upset. You get angry. Religious spirit gets agitated. So 
I want to speak this way because I feel, for me, this is me, it might not be you, but I feel sometimes I have a wrong mindset that if I'm speaking on behalf of God and I speak in love and kindness and, and I say it in mercy and I say it in grace and I share the gospel, that if they react badly, that means I mustn't have shared it well. No. Sometimes you share exactly how you're supposed to share it and people still react to the truth. They might get angry. They might get upset. They might react. They might want to persecute you. Okay, so I really want to hit this because I believe um, it's going to set us free in a particular area and give us a boldness to speak the truth in love. Now, you don't want to speak the truth. Jesus, was, Jesus came, to, he came with truth and grace, right? You, you don't want to just speak truth without grace because you're going to hurt people and smash people up. You don't want to just speak, be gracious without truth. You know, just gracious and everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, um, yesterday uh, my mum was blessing me and buying me clothes as she always does. And she's so generous. And my, my mother-in-law, but I call her my mum. And she, I was at the store and I'm just chatting. I said, oh, where are you from? And he goes, oh, I'm from Pakistan and, and India. And I said, oh, okay, I've been to India many times. Just making conversation. And, you know, I said, so what's your background? Are you Muslim? He goes, yes, I'm a Muslim. So you're practicing Muslim? Well, you know, just chatting like this. Cut a long story short, you know, he sort of said, yeah, yeah, I go to the mosque. I said, I said, you actually go to the mosque on Friday? Yeah, yeah, half day. And then he started saying, I don't always go. Sometimes you have to work. And, and, but then, then and he says, yeah, but everything's the same. It's all the truth. I mean, he's trying to say all religions lead to God. And I said, I said, no, not really. I said, no, the world says truth is relative. See, at one point, when I start speaking the truth, I know the world says truth is relative, but truth isn't relative. Truth isn't relative in the natural it's, it doesn't matter what you think about gravity. Gravity is true, and if you jump off a building, it's not relative to your opinion. You will smash and die. So in the natural, it's not relative. Why bring it into the spiritual and moral universe and say it's relative? It's up to your opinion. And so at that point, he could have got really, really angry and upset and, and stuff. And I started bringing Jesus and explaining that only, Jesus is the only way. Oh, yeah, we believe in Jesus, a prophet. We believe his words. And, and I said, yeah, but we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And so at that point, he could have got upset and angry and, and fight me on it, but he wanted to make a sale. So he was really nice <laughs> to me because he was he's doing, he's doing all the things for all the, all the things that she's buying me. So he's not, he's not going to get upset or angry, but if he didn't have that motive, he probably would have said, no, no. But, and what I'm saying is when you speak the truth, people if they don't want to accept it can react and get angry and can respond that way in a bad way, but doesn't mean you didn't share it correctly. Don't think, you know, it's almost this political correct spirit out there. We just don't want to rock the boat. Don't want to hurt anybody. We want to be sensitive. Oh, I, I was really, really good because I didn't hurt them. No, when you speak the truth in love, sometimes they'll react with anger and frustration. And, and, and a religious spirit usually would, would react with a, a, a pretty, um, a spirit that wants to kill you. They wanted to kill Jesus. I'm going to show you from Scripture Time and time again. And it's nowhere near all the scriptures in the, in the New Testament. But we're just going through some of them. Matthew 10, 40. Jesus starts by saying, He that receives you, receives me. He's basically saying, If you go out in my name and you preach to people in the name of Jesus, and you're the ambassador of me, you're an ambas ambassador of heaven, ambassador of God. If they receive you, they're actually receiving me. And then Jesus goes on to say, and he that receives me, because they're receiving you, they're receiving me. They receive me, they receive him who sent me, which is God the Father. So that tells me if they reject you, who are they rejecting? So if they don't receive me, but they're receiving Jesus, if they reject me, they're not rejecting me personally, they're rejecting him. You've got you to take yourself out of it. Don't take it personal when they reject you. That's my point. When, when you share the word, when you say Jesus loves you, and they give you a bad reaction, they didn't reject you. They rejected Jesus. They're not angry with you. They're angry with God or the truth. Does that make sense? 
So I just want to free us in something so we just speak the truth in love. We are messengers. We are we're ambassadors. We, we've got to know what our message is. We've got to share it. Matthew 5.10, Jesus says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So when you live a righteous life and you, you practice righteousness and speak righteousness, you are, you're going to be persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men and all men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. You're blessed when this happens. Listen to this. He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. You've got to stop and believe the words of Jesus. When this happens, we get persecuted, attacked, ridiculed, laughed, teased upon. It's actually, Jesus says, stop and rejoice because great is your reward in heaven. Remember where we're from. Remember why we're doing it. We're doing it for him. We're doing it because we love Jesus. We're doing it because this is the message of salvation. And he says, rejoice for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before them. He's basically saying the prophets stood up for the truth in the Old Testament and they were persecuted for it. They were killed for it. And other times, Jesus actually says, Woe to you if all men speak well of you. I think we're living in a life where we want to present our Christianity in such a way that everyone speaks well of us. But Jesus says, Woe unto you if everyone speaks well of you. Because they didn't about Jesus. They didn't with the apostles. And you'll see. Matthew 5 uh, Jesus says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. So we do get the persecution, we're supposed to love them and bless them with our words. They're cursing you with their words, bless them with their words, with God's words. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun rise to, on the evil and the good, sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you got? Do not even the publicans and the sinners do the same. He basically says, love your enemies. If they're going to pursue you, just love them. Walk in this pure love. If they curse you, have words to bless them. And let me tell you, if you're not hearing people curse you in front of your face, I can probably guarantee you they're cursing you behind your face. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just reminding you that when you stand up for the truth, like when I became a Christian, I was 19, and my background was Catholic, but I wasn't practicing it. I wasn't, a living, I wasn't living by my faith at all. I was living in nightclubs and breakdancing and all that and, and totally living for myself. Absolutely dead to God and alive to me. Fleshly me, right? And so when I got saved radically, people around me thought, ah, oh, he's given up his life. Wow, he's given up all these things, all this stuff that he had. And surely, absolutely, people spoke against me. Not necessarily to my face, but to their friends. Leo's gone crazy. Why is he giving up this? Fashion designing, breakdancing. He's given a promising life. He's just giving it up for this God thing. doesn't make sense to them. Right, And so they're going to speak bad about you. They're going to ridicule, ridicule us and speak, uh, speak against us. Matthew 10, verse 23 says, but when, you, but when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant is above his Lord. So we're the disciple. We're not above our master. Jesus is our master. And the servant's not above his Lord. If they have called the master, meaning himself, of the house, he's the master of the house, they call him Beelzebub. That's a really bad name for a devil. They called him a devil. Imagine calling the son of the living God, personified love in the flesh, and they called him the devil. They did that to our Jesus when he walked the earth. Like, don't get me wrong, when you study the life of Jesus, because of the power and the anointing, the glory and the presence, he had crowds everywhere he went. He never had a problem with the crowd. 
He had crowds thronging him and chasing him down. And thousands and 15, 20,000 people plus would come out to hear him speak. So when you got this anointing on your life that Jesus had, crowds are never a problem. But let me say this, though. Crowds are fleeting as well. Right? They're committed to you this day and the next day. And I'll explain it from Scripture. I'll show you. But... I, I, do believe, I see that side and I see when we're anointed and we're close to God, you'll never have a problem with ministry and pulpit is your life. You don't need a platform. Everywhere you go is your ministry. Everywhere you live, your life, your marketplace, there's never going to be. I'm glad some one person believes that. Do we all believe that? Your ministry is outside. Everywhere we go, we bring life to the people around us. So the servant is not greater. He basically says the servant is not greater than his Lord. He says this again in John 15. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep you also. There will be those that will keep it. But there will be those that will persecute you. There will be those that reject you. If they receive you, they receive him. If they reject you, they're rejecting Jesus. Mark chapter 5, if you want to look to this story. Sal did a great job last week. I heard most of his message. I'm almost finished, but I haven't got to the end of it. But I heard most of it, and he's speaking about this same example that I was also preparing about the demonized man. The demonized man was um, in Gadarenes, in uh, a place called Gadarenes, and, and um, Jesus came on the boat, and as he hit the shore, this man was so demonized with demons that the Bible says he would, he would, he would hurt himself with stones and cut himself open to pain himself. He's a crazy man. Though he's naked and he lives in the tombs where all the dead people are. And, and no one wanted to go anywhere near there. They would chain him up with chains and many times he'd break it open. It's supernatural strength because they're demonized, so demonized. They would break the chains and it says no one uh, went anywhere near there. So he brought fear on all the people around. People are afraid of him. I mean, this man living out there. Imagine, this is a crazy man out there. Hurting himself, naked, running around, screaming. It says he would howl at night time. Who knows what he's doing out there? Gone crazy. Jesus comes. The Bible says as soon as he walks on the, on the shores of that area, this man, demonized as he was, ran to Jesus and fell down and worshipped him. And says, who are you, Jesus? The son of the most high God. You haven't come to torment us before the time, have you? He's trying to address a case. He goes, he's trying to say, you are God in the flesh. You can't cast, out of us, cast us out and don't torment us right now. And he's basically saying, no, but Jesus is also the son of man. He's got authority as a man because he came through a birth. He didn't operate as God. He operated as a man in covenant with God. And so Jesus, the Bible says he's screaming and pleading, please don't send us out of this territory. They wanted the area that they controlled. The demons were in control of this particular area. Don't send us out of this territory. Please, please. And they actually pleaded, send us into the pigs. The pigs were there. A whole herd of pigs. We're talking about the Bible names, 2,000 of them. That's a lot of pigs. That's a lot of investment. That's a lot of livelihood. That village spent a lot of money into those pigs. And I believe with all my heart, 100% I know this. You can ask Jesus when you get to heaven. But I believe that if they were sheep... Jesus wouldn't have said, yes, go into the sheep. The reason why he said yes is so they weren't supposed to farm pigs. These are Jewish people. They were breaking the law. They were disobedient to God. They are falling away from God. And Jesus said, yeah, go. And these two, th- more than, because when he says, what's your name? The, the, the demon said, legion. That means thousands and thousands. 
And so I'm legion. So there's thousands of them in there. And this one man, human, made in the image of God, can handle thousands of demons and not kill himself. But the pigs, when they went into the pigs, they all go kill themselves. They went crazy. Down the hill, into the water, and drowned themselves. And make sure you not fall asleep this morning. But they drowned themselves. Imagine the scene right now. The, sh- the people that were taking care of the pigs, this is their livelihood. The, the, the village owned all these pigs. They're angry. They're freaking out. Oh, no. We- now they've got to tell a report what just happened. They go back to the village and tell everybody what happened. The whole village comes out. And this is what, what hits me when the village comes out. If you read it from verse 14 of chapter 5, Mark, Mark chapter 5, their herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city, in the country. And in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. So they basically said the story. This demonized man, this man from, you know, Jesus and Nazareth, that man, the great miracle worker. Well, he cast out the demons and it went into them. They believed in demons. They would have told the story as they saw it. They came to Jesus. This is the, the village. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed in his right mind, and... The, the very men who had the, uh, had the sorry the very man who had the legion and they became frightened. Who did the people from the village? They're coming out and finding out what's happening. And this demonized man that was demonized for many many years, naked, you know, hurting himself with stones, now is clothed in his right mind, feet, sitting at the feet of Jesus. It looks freaky. Like who's got the power to get rid of that de- those demons? And they were scared. It, it made them frightened. Instead of thinking, wow, the Son of God has come. The, the, the one who loves us has come. The Deliverer has come. The Messiah has come. He can set every one of us free. Anyone that's sick in the village, anyone that's suffering in pain and disease and dying, he could be, they could be all healed by this Deliverer, this lover of people. But they didn't react that way. They reacted the opposite. What does it say? It says, it says, and they began to implore him, Jesus, to leave their region. That just blows me away. When I first read that as a baby Christian, why would they tell Jesus to go? Just set someone free. He can, he can heal everyone. Just, that's my point, that they're misreading who Jesus is. They're not realizing who's just walked among them. And that Jesus could have set everybody free. And they're begging Jesus, get out of here. Leave us alone. And I used to think, Jesus... Surely you could have stood up and go, hang on a second. I'm the son of God. Let me prove it. Anybody sick around you? I'll heal them and you'll see that I am the Messiah. He didn't do that. The Bible says when they asked him to leave, he simply, as he was getting into the boat, he left. They asked him to leave and he left. Basically, he was rejected. The son of God, love personified. And they said, get out of our area. Get out of our region. Get out. We don't want you. Go. They're full of fear and they reacted in fear and Jesus left. It says, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed was imploring him or begging him that he might accompany him. In other words, please let me go with you. He's just so set free. I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. I want to be with you. It's everywhere, everywhere you go, I want to go. And But Jesus said no to him. He says, no, go home to your people. And report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away, began to proclaim in Decapolis. That word Decapolis means 10 cities. He went into the 10 cities. That's how many cities there were in Gadarene, in that area. And he went to proclaim, that just literally means to preach, to speak, to tell forth what great things Jesus has done for him. And everyone was amazed. 
I mean, when you're that demonized and all of a sudden you're set free and he goes towards everyone, all those cities. He went out, ran around like, a, like an evangelist, just telling the good news. And that's my encouragement to us. All God wants you to do is tell others what the Lord's done for you. Tell others the great mercy that he's given you. He's given us mercy. He's given us freedom. He's given us generosity. Whatever miracle, whatever provision, whatever testimony you have, tell others about it. Don't be afraid of their reaction even. They might get upset. They might get ridiculed. You. They might laugh at you. But I've been blessed, so much blessing in my life. That I'm going to let people know of the blessing because it steals God's glory if I don't share it. But I've been blessed many times. I mean, one person gave me a VW van, just, just gave it to me, put it in my name, registered it, and blessed us. We drove it for many, many years. And so I would tell people, oh, I was blessed with this. What? What do you mean blessed? They never hear of someone just giving you a, a car, a van like that. And then, I mean, we've been blessed with Christine's parents, but buying my children cars, Christine cars, me a car. We're blessed. You think, oh, that's because you're a preacher. No, it's because I'm a, I'm a believer. I promise I give you my word. It's not because I'm a preacher or a pastor. It's because I've dedicated my life to Jesus. And anyone that gives their lives to Jesus, God blesses you like that. There's, there's hundreds of testimonies in this room like that of God's goodness. But we tell others about it, regardless if people react angry. They ridicule you. They might laugh. You might be the talking, you know, uh, at the office. Everyone talks about you. But it's fine. Because ultimately when something goes wrong, guess who they go to? To you. When something goes wrong with them, they come to you for prayer. They come to you to talk to and get some wisdom from you. So Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is our message. We are to preach the gospel, means good news, of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. What are we declaring? The kingdom of God is at hand. The pre- so if, when you're submitted to the king, everywhere you go, the realm of the kingdom is with you. So if you pray for someone, there's other, other scriptures that Jesus says, when you go, heal the sick and, de- and decree or declare the kingdom of God is at hand. So that's a good way of putting it. Heal the sick first. And when they get healed, say the kingdom is at hand. Kingdom is available. You can believe now what Jesus did for you. If you. Jesus loves you enough that he died on the cross for your sins and paid your sickness. And that's why he healed you right now when you pray for them. Just simple. Just say, like, if someone's got a backache at work or a neckache, and just say, is it okay if I pray for you? I pray for people and I see people get healed. Yeah, uh, you're okay then. You pray for them. And as the Lord heals them, God wants to heal them. I'm telling you, more miracles happen out there than in church. It's easier to get an unbeliever healed than a believer. Can I tell you that? It really is. They haven't got religious baggage and all the excuses and reasons why God doesn't heal today. You just pray for them. You have authority. If you're living it, you have authority. You cast out the devil. The devil leaves. They get healed. And then when they are astonished, let them know that the kingdom is near. And let them know about the good news. Don't, don't, um, what's the word? Be condemning, don't be angry, don't, you know, be loving, be gracious, be full of love, be full of peace. But let's share the truth though. Amen. John 7, if you look at John 7, the Gospel of John, verse 5, or actually pick it up from verse um, 2. A large crowd followed him, and because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick, then Jesus went up on the mountain. Well, I'm in the wrong one. I'm in chapter 6. Excuse me. Try that again. John 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. 
He's the son of God, love in the flesh, love personified, and they want to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of the booths, were near. Therefore his brothers said to him, this is his physical half-brothers. Okay, His his brothers, his half-brothers said to him, leave here and go into Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. In other words, if you want to... Now, no one wants to do what you're doing and not let the world know them. And he goes, my time's not up yet, the right timing. And look what it says in verse 5. For not even his brothers were believing in him. Now, that's physical half-brothers. It's not just brothers. Some people think it's just brothers um, in the Lord. Why is it making a statement like that? Not even his brothers. It's saying that people... His brothers who lived with him in the same household. This is the Son of God, the Messiah, the great deliverer, God in the flesh, and they didn't believe in him yet. Because later on they did. Okay? And Jesus himself said, a a prophet has honor everywhere else except in his own hometown. So, what my point is with your home, with your household, with your family, among your family and among your relatives, is the hardest ones to. To bring to Christ, because they have to, you're not going to win them by an argument. You're going to win them by your life. By watching you live your life and see that you're blessed of the Lord, and it might take years before they realize they are the hand of the Lord on this person. It takes some time, but the first thing is not going to, don't argue, don't think you're going to win an argument now I got him over. Jesus, at that point, those brothers didn't, those half brothers didn't believe in him, but later on we know James did because he wrote the book of James. Jude is another half-brother. He wrote the book of Jude. And we know that uh, Mary was at the 120 waiting for the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the family believed in him eventually because they could see his life. And they saw him after his resurrection. They saw the reality of him living it. You following me? With your family, it's watching your life. But we will be persecuted in the meantime at times. You know, my my mum had two brothers in this city, uh, beautiful uncles, and they were so, um, you know, f- sort of devout Catholics. Um, they used to put on the St. Gerardo, which is the Italian festival up in Fairfield. They, they were the organizers. So when they found out I became a Christian at the age of 19, they were upset. And they told my mum and, I mean, all sorts of things. They, my parent, my, my nonno, my grandfather told my mum, if you follow this thing, you, we'll ostracize you from you know, your inheritance and everything. That never happened. They, 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 you know, she received her inheritance. But with all these frets. And, and so one time, my uncles said, I'm, they're going to bring the priest over. And I, and I said, that's quite fine. That's okay. Bring the priest. It'll be great. So I spoke to the priest on the phone. And I said, because I said, I've got no authority except for the Bible. And I said, Are you gonna, can you please bring your Bible? He said, yeah, sure. Of course I'll bring my Bible. I said, oh, good. Because we can read from the Scripture. I said, actually, I asked him, do you believe the Bible? He said, yes, of course I believe the Bible. So you believe the Bible is the Word of God? He said, yes, yes, yes I do. I said, Can you, are you going to bring the Bible? He says, yes, I'm going to bring the Bible. So he comes, and he didn't bring the Bible, right? He sits on my lounge, and, and lovingly, we're discussing Scripture, and he's telling him what he believes, and I'm saying, the Scripture said this, and I said, the words of Jesus. And the fact that I even would say, Jesus said this, the Bible says this, my, my uncles thought I was trying to teach this priest, and the priest was one of the high Italian priests. And so the priest didn't stay very long, because I think he could tell, oh, I'm not going to convince. They brought him to try to convince me, get me out. I think they could tell that they're not going to convince. But to cut a long story short, I'm telling you all that is outside at the back of my home. I love my uncles. So, but they got upset. 
They were angry. They, were, they lost it because they thought, they interpreted it as, who are you to try to preach, teach the priest? You know how high they are? You know, and really getting upset and angry. And one time it was getting really loud. And I said, do you even read the Bible? No, gosh, why? We don't read the Bible. We haven't got time for the Bible. And I'm thinking, hmm. They're like, all we're doing is following the word. And why is the anger so angry? Why is the persecution so harsh? Because they're steeped in what their religion that doesn't bring relationship. And I'm trying to say that when we share the truth, you will get bad reaction at times. It doesn't mean you didn't share it correctly. So don't, don't be put off by it. Jesus actually said it will happen this way. Um, many scriptures, uh, Matthew 11, it says... Well, this is what they said of Jesus. They said, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, talking about Jesus. And they say, behold, a man, a gluttonous, a wine bibbler, a friend of publicans and sinners. They accused him of being a drunk. Our Jesus, our precious Lord. Other times they said, the, the Pharisees said, he casts out devils through the prince of devils. They were angry. They go, ha, the only way he casts out devils is he's connected to the prince of devils. I mean, they're calling him a devil. And Jesus actually says, if they call me the Lord of the master, I'm, I'm the Lord of the house and the master of the house, they call me a devil, how much more will they do to the servants? He said that. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If we share the true gospel, persecution, I mean, Paul said it this way, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It just, it, it's the way it is. Many, many scriptures where it says, this is what the, um, John 8 verse 48 then answered the Jews and said unto him say we not well that you are a Samaritan and have a devil in other words aren't we speaking really well that you you're a Samaritan and you've got a devil and Jesus answered I have not a devil but I honor my father and you dishonor me what I'm trying to show you Jesus was dishonored because he brought the truth yes he attracted crowds a hundred percent but never forget the crowds wanted to make him king not because they wanted him king for the kingdom. They wanted him king because they thought, set us free from the Roman Empire. Make us king because you just fed us food from a little boy's lunch and multiplied it. And they go, wow, they, made, they want to make him king for their benefit. The Bible said Jesus ran away from that. He walked away from that. And he actually one time says, you come and follow me because of food. Because I multiplied the food and gave you food. Don't work for that food that's physical. So he says, you're, you're, you're coming to me for the wrong reasons because I just fed you Good food. And they were, they were coming. So you attracted a crowd. Just because you had a crowd, the crowd can be very fickle. Remember when Jesus walked into Jerusalem and with, on the donkey? And they all started saying, Hail, King of the Jews, King of Israel. He, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were using scripture. They were getting the palm branches and bringing him in. They will say, Come and set us free. Come and bring deliverance. Yes. They were hailing him as King. The same crowd. Motivated by the Pharisees and, you know, twisted by the Pharisees. Same crowd, a few days later, started screaming, crucify him, crucify him. It was actually the same crowd. It will happen. This is good news. I'm trying to get us prepped that when you share the truth, as the world's getting darker, be expected, you know, look for it and hope for it, but be, know that when you speak the truth in love, People will not, some of them won't accept it. When you speak about the truth, the gospel, there's only one way to heaven. It's only through Jesus. People go, what? Because the world's trying to say the opposite. 
All religions is okay. Anything you go, any, whatever is okay, just, you know, you're going to go to heaven. Speak about if, if you stand up for uh, the right to save life and not have bought babies and, and murder babies or homosexuality. You believe in a man and a woman are to be together. All these things that they're going to misinterpret it as hate. Well, it's not hate. It's just we believe the, the word. We love people. Doesn't, don't, don't brag up. Don't, what's the word? Um, brand us as hate because it's not hate. It's love. Mark chapter 6, if you look at Mark chapter 6 really quickly. It comes with the territory of sharing the word. That's really what I'm trying to say. And it doesn't mean you've done a bad job. It actually means you've most likely done a great job. As long as you did it in a spirit of love and mercy and grace and truth, do it with kindness. Don't do it with anger. Don't get, ever get into an argument with people. If you catch yourself getting into an argument, stop. You're not going to win an argument. You're not going to win them over by winning an argument. They'll just be, put their foot in what they believe more. Um, John, what did I say? Mark 6, sorry. Mark 6. Jesus went out from there and came into his own hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and the many uh, listeners were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him and such miracles as these performed by his hands? Now, why are they saying that? They heard that he's done miracles everywhere. In those days, they didn't have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or any of those things, emails or nothing. The word of mouth went like wildfire. When someone's doing miracles in Capernaum, I'm telling you, everyone in that region would have heard. So they heard about Jesus doing miracles, not in his hometown, but in Capernaum. And everyone in those places got healed. All of them were healed. So basically, there was a time where Jesus says, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, doctor, heal yourself. Come and do here what we heard you do in Capernaum. All the miracles there, come and do it here. And this is, the, this is the context of being in Nazareth. And he says, is not this, this is what they said about Jesus. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the, and brothers of James, and brother of James and Ju- Joseph and Judas and Simon? They're, they're the half-brothers. They're naming them because they're not just brothers in the Lord. They're actual half-brothers. Like Mary had children after Jesus, Okay. Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Why are they taking offense at him? This is Jesus. We saw him grow up with all the brothers. We saw him grow up. With the, his sisters are here. We saw him grow up as a kid. Where did he get this wisdom from? Where did he get all this miracle working power from? And they're offended because of familiarity. They know him too well. It's like, what? And Jesus said in that response of this context, a prophet is not without honor. In other words, everywhere he goes, he's got honor, except in his own hometown, among his own relatives and his own household. So in your home and household, you don't have the honor the way you should have the honor. That's why it's a long haul of a great witness. Don't try to win it in one week. Win them over in one week. I think I went home and I thought they're all going to be saved in one week. Um, everyone did get saved in about a month, except my dad. But my dad was freaking out because of his context. And he, look at this. This is what I want to get to. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He couldn't, some, some say that he could not do any great miracles there, any mighty miracles there. But, but he laid his hands on a few sick people. And the Bible says that Jesus, he wondered or marveled at their unbelief. Remember they had, they had offense and now they've got unbelief. 
And this is the Son of God. So I want us to think about. This is the Son of God, God in the flesh, all power. The Spirit was given to Jesus without measure. He could heal everyone there if they believed in Him. But He was limited. The Son of God's limited because of the way they viewed Him. In other places, He wasn't limited. He just healed everyone. But in this place, He couldn't do many mighty miracles there, but except heal a few people. All because of the way they viewed Him. And sometimes people view you wrongly and they'll persecute you. It doesn't mean you don't hold the truth and the gospel. What about Mark chapter 6, verse 10? It says this. I just want to show you this. This is how we should live. And he said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And place, and any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust of the soles of your feet for a testimony against them. He said that all the time. Most of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all said this. They said, when you go in, when Jesus, when you go into a town and enter a house, release your peace. If the man of peace is there, accept you, then live only in that home. But when you go, if they reject you, it says a village rejects you, this is how you should act. This is the attitude we should have. This is really what I'm trying to get across. Our attitude is, okay, the dust on this village, on this town, is the most valueless thing on that, on that, on that town. Dust is dust. It's the dirt on the street. Even the dust of that town, if it's on your foot, even the very dust, it's an attitude of, I'm not going to let nothing affect me. They rejected us. They said no. They didn't want to accept the gospel. But even the dust, don't let it affect you. Get it rid of it. Yeah. And keep on going. It's that attitude that when you share the gospel and if someone rejects it, don't let it discourage you not a bit. Don't let it dis- disappoint you not a bit. I mean, obviously you love them. You want them to hear the gospel. But not, not in the area of, I'm not going to share it anymore. Just share it. Your responsibility isn't their response. Our responsibility is to share the gospel. Put the seed out. Plant the water. You know, we, we, it will clash. You know, we, we share the... I'm running out of time. Um, we witnessed to a lady outside a nightclub. We, we got saved. We would go outside nightclubs and tell people about Jesus and they would come out and whoever wants to hear the word, they would come out and we'd talk to them about the Lord. And this girl, I cut a long story short, this lady was a promiscuous lady and she was um, probably out of it, drunk. She was Italian background and we knew of her and so she was crying. I think she got kicked out of the club and, and her boyfriend left or something happened that was emotional where she was crying and we just said, hey, we said, Angela, Jesus loves you. She stopped and started crying more and then we started ministering to her the word of God we gave her the gospel we shared the gospel she started coming to church for a a, a good three to four weeks at least if I remember right it was like 33 years ago or something and she got freed at church a demon came out of her again like an evil spirit came out she screamed never forget it absolute high pitched scream came out demon came out she was so set free eyes glowing just freedom purity love everything and so I was picking her up with some, some people and, and, and um, picking her up to take her to church on a Sunday evening. Her mum and dad come out of, the, out of the home, fuming, angry, screaming, really upset. And I didn't know what to do. The dad's saying, if you leave this home, if you go to church right now, you've got no home. You can't come back in. We will not open the door tonight. You, you, you know, we disown you, everything. All the worst possible things you can say to your own daughter if you go to this church. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, I'm Italian, but my Italian's not really good. And so I, in my half-broken Italian, I got out of the car and I said, you know, with respect, I said, excuse me. I said, look at your daughter. Look at the way she's dressed. Because she was dressed really modestly compared to how she used to dress. 
going to nightclubs. I said, look at the way she's dressed. All she wants to do is go to church. What's so wrong with that? She used to dress, and I say, you know, really bad. You know how she used to dress and go to nightclubs? I didn't say what she did at the nightclubs because it was pretty bad. And I said, all she wants to do is clean up her life and go to church. What's wrong with that? I said that in broken Italian. Dad didn't know what to say. And sort of angry, you're not coming back. And then, and then we got in the car, we left, and I encouraged her, look, tonight when church is over, come home, knock on the door, he will not say no to you. And he did, and he opened the door, let her in. But a month, a few weeks after that, the persecution from his family was so much that she left the Lord. She didn't follow the Lord. And, and Leon, Tony bumped into her about a year or something ago and said that she was, an, she was a mess. A whole 30 years of a trail of being a mess, all because of persecution. Parents not understanding that it's just a relationship with Jesus. Worried about religion, what people would say, but the, the fear of what everyone's going to talk about. This is the truth that will change your life. I've got friends that I was best friends with. Teenage years, nightclubbing days. We dreamed together. We, we did everything together. I came to the Lord. He didn't. And, and he tried to and all this sort of stuff. And he messed his life up for years. More drugs, more drugs, more dope. Just, you know, sleep. Not, 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 not getting married, but having a baby to this lady and having another baby to another lady. Not being close to his children. You know, the, like they're living on their own almost. And, you know, he doesn't have any influence with them. And then he, then he dies. He gets lost in the ocean does a wrong decision, goes in the ocean and, and they never found him. Seven, eight years they haven't found him. He's gone. I pray that people, I know, I know someone that witnessed him the night or two before that, so I pray he came to Christ. He could have come to the Christ. I don't know. But the transformed life that God gives you and yet people persecute you for this. I'm just trying to give us confidence. I'm trying to give us, uh, I don't know, boldness and a courage that comes from God. Say they they persecuted our Lord, they misinterpreted him, they they wanted him out sometimes, get out of here. They, they, they ended up crucifying him because of that spirit. You know what they did to him, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed as we get closer to the end times, it will get the heat of this persecution will increase. So don't be afraid, be excited. I'm serious. Get excited about adventure. Be, you know, this is in you. You go, you know what, Lord, I'm willing to lay down my life if it takes that. We're doing this for, for Jesus. And there are rewards in heaven. We're not living for this life alone. Amen? Can we pray? Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and the life he lived. He lived so perfectly, so lovingly, so gracious, yet he was so misinterpreted. He came to his own, and his own didn't accept him. He came in the Father's name and He said, someone else will come in their own name and you would accept them. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We go to a dark, fallen world with the gospel of the kingdom of God. Lord, You've anointed us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Father, we walk in obedience with Your boldness, with Your courage that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Lord, we... um, we make up our mind now. If people reject, if people get angry, if people get mad, we're okay about that, Lord. They're not persecuting us, they're persecuting you. They're not rejecting us, they're rejecting you. Father, give us the strength to love people unconditionally and no matter what their response is. If we get bashed, if we get spat upon, if we get ridiculed, then we will just bless back and love back. Pray for that in Jesus' name. 
And everybody says... listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.